We talking about sports. Get ball. What it do, baby? Yeah. What it do, you number one podcast listeners? I told you I'd be back for once. Had to keep my promise lately. All for you, you number one podcast listeners. You have tuned into another edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. And this episode, I'm joined by my big brother, Vish. Vish, thanks for joining, man. What up, what up? Welcome, number one podcast listeners. You get a double dose of the Bot Bros today. Yeah, I tr- I, I said it last week, so I had to live up to my word after that. Um, unfortunate February, we're going to get it right this month. <laughs> Off to a good start so far. Far so good. Anyway, first, you know how we do it. got to hear from our sponsor. This episode of the Prem Brulee Podcast is brought to you by Sleep Battle Photography, a boutique photo studio in Asbury Park, New Jersey. From cinematic stills, unique and classic wedding and elopement photos, even product or commercial photography like you see for the Prem Brulee brand. Sleep Battle is a full-service studio, so visit their Instagram at S-L-E-E-P-A-T-T-L-E and treat your eyes to something nice. The number one photographer for the number one podcast in your headphones. You've heard him before, Thomas Lewis, so uh, go support the man. Number one podcast listeners, without further ado, let's get started on Yeah, Fam or Nah. And first up, Vish, I wanted to talk about some QB moves or QB moves to be also. Um, First up, we have You Played Yourself first ballot Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers. He has been meeting with the New York Jets brass. Um, Important to note, his current contract guarantees him $59.5 million this season. He is under contract through 2024, so the next two years, um, he's due a total of $108.8 million. Not too shabby, man. Yeah, yeah, not too shabby at all. It's um, 108.8 more more money than he's gotten vaccine shots, so <laughs> think about it that way. That's kind of crazy. Hey, well, that's insane. Um, his, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, his bonus money is prorated, so... Um, I thought this was interesting. He only counts fifteen point eight million <laughs> against the salary cap in this season. Uh, he, it does jump up to thirty two and a half million in twenty twenty four, but those are both really reasonable um, amounts given what quarterbacks are earning. I mean, speaking of that being a realistic number and not bad, the um, the New York Giants signed Daniel Jones oh! to a four year one hundred sixty million dollar deal. He's got eighty two million guaranteed. $35 million in incentives. Uh, the Giants do have an out after two years, so it's effectively like a two-year contract. Um, and his cap hit for year one is only $19 million, so um, obviously leaves him some room to make moves. Um, but nonetheless, they decided to value Daniel Jones at around $40 million a year. So that should tell you something for a quarterback that threw a whopping 15 touchdown pass. Um, it did allow the Giants to franchise tag Saquon Barkley, they were if they couldn't reach a deal with Daniel Jones, they were going to franchise tag him and let Saquon Barkley go. So um, it did allow them to bring back their quarterback and running back duo that helped them be ahead of schedule and progress and make the playoffs last season. Um, over speaking of resignings, NFL's comeback player of the year, Geno Smith, resigned with the Seahawks. It is a three-year, seventy-five million dollar deal. Uh, 40 million is guaranteed and he can earn um, 30 million on top of that 75 in incentives. Um, So obviously he proved it last year with uh, a very low contract. So 
good for Geno Smith for getting paid. Um, and it's still kind of a prove-it deal because I think the Seahawks have some outs too with him. Uh, so he could potentially get paid again if he continues balling. And then last but not least, um, former Raiders quarterback Derek Carr signed with the Saints. Uh, there were reports that he was linked to the Jets. The, um, there were a lot of reports even the day he ended up signing with the Saints. They were claiming he was the Jets' number two option and Rodgers was option A. So um, the Jets are all in on trying to get Rodgers apparently now. Um, Derek Carr signed with the Saints four years, $150 million. Oh! Want to get your thoughts on each of them? Give me a yeah, fam, or nah. If you have a word association, go for it. Um, Rodgers, Jones, Geno Smith, and Derek Carr. Take it away, you, Vish. You know, I think for Aaron Rodgers, I want to zag a little bit. Um, and I'll say oh. yeah, fam. You know, <laughs> I think it's it's really wow. cool to see Aaron Rodgers get his own, um, finally have a team uh, that has an elite defense, offensive weapons. Sorry, I just went into a darkness retreat, so <laughs> fuck it. Like, I mean, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is old. Uh, he does not deliver in the playoffs historically. You know, I think you had gone on uh, a Cowboys rant along with Sonny on our group chat that we have. Um, I'm sure it's a lot worse um, in separate uh, conversations that you might have. But really, Aaron Rodgers is he's just following Brett Favre to a team. So uh, his career path, all of that. Um, great. If he wants to join the Jets, they do have a good defense. They do have elite offense. But, you know, if he's really um, the shit, then who cares? I mean, it's hard to turn down that $59.5 million for this year. So um, him trying to retire is just silly. Um Tired of it. I think Roche said it last time. So did you. As for the other people, um, I kind of have to say yeah, fam, for all of them, right? Um, so Derek Carr in a great division. Um, probably the best yeah. division uh, or best quarterback in that division, right? Wouldn't you say? I mean, yeah, who else? Absolutely. Not even close. Who's the Falcons? QB. I have no Falcons, idea. Falcons, they let Mariota go. So it's Desmond Ritter, um, Cincinnati Bearcat, former Cincinnati Bearcat. So. I, well, I mean, I think so. Desmond Ritter, whoever the Panthers have, we're going to try to get right. Panthers, Whoa. yeah, who knows? I, and then the Bucks. I would assume they're going to draft someone. Is that Kyle Trask? Bucks. Whoa. Kyle Trask. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, Derek Carr is easily the best, and I mean, he's he certainly has losses. Yeah. Zip. Um, but I mean, he, they have they have a good run game. Um, they have a solid defense again. Um, that matters. Mm-hmm. So in that division, I think it turns over pretty quickly anyways. Good for Geno Smith. Good for Daniel Jones. Um, I think they're in good situations where they know the offense. It's really hard to go against them. I'm sure you like to see Daniel Jones in in that giant blue. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. Yeah, I'm right alongside with you. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I'm just – you. You number one podcast listeners already know I'm tired of him. Everything he is now, if he played the Cowboys every week, he would be he'd have more rings than Tom Brady. But um, <laughs> unfortunately for him, he doesn't get to do that, so he is forced to live by his, I would say, like lack of accolades. I mean, he has MVPs and Offensive Player of the Years, but like you said in the playoffs, um, he hasn't made it count. He has one Super Bowl yeah. uh, for as much as we talk about him quarterbacks we talk holding that reverence uh have done a little bit more for their teams um obviously packers never famously never spent on skill players in the first round so um but i'm not about to sit here and defend aaron Rodgers because 
you're in the wrong podcast if you think that's going to happen. Heady alert. Heady alert. Well, I mean, and also, like, you don't take that extension if you want weapons, right? I mean, and yep. and yeah, sure, yeah. he does take pay cuts, but, you know, Tom Brady historically could have been paid that much, but in, even in yeah. New England and even in Tampa Bay, you know, he, he got a modest amount, but it wasn't crazy. Um, and then I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't know what you think. And I, like, what do you do with the Seahawks? I think that's a good deal um, for Seattle and Geno Smith yeah. because they have a crap ton of trading ammunition. And even if they suck this year and the Broncos are really good, you know, they still would have a high pick and they can, they can get that Caleb Williams if they want, or they can even reach for other players this, you know, other quarterbacks this year and kind of let them sit behind uh, Geno Smith, who knows the offense. I don't know. What do you, I mean, what would you do? Yeah, I agree. If they wanted to go quarterback, they, I wouldn't draft a quarterback. If you believe in Geno Smith, I think you roll with them because unless they're going to use those assets to get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, I'm not, yeah. I'm not having somebody, I'm not drafting somebody that early. If you believe in them, you believe in them. So, um, I would wait and see how it goes in pre- in subsequent years. Um, you're not tied to him long term, and uh, I think it's a good deal because then you're not you're not putting all your eggs in that basket. But I I don't think I see a lot of mocks with the Seahawks going quarterback. They were before they re-signed Geno, yeah, so makes sense. Um, I think they'll go another direction. They have another a lot of holes to fill, and then they get Denver's pick, and yep. they have their own pick. So. Um, I mean, they're in a, like you said, a great situation. Derek Carr, no brainer to go to the Saints. It's a very winnable yep. division. He's never had a top 10 defense. He um, gets one in, in New Orleans. So yeah. he's losing all excuses. Same with Aaron Rodgers. He goes to New York. You're getting paid that amount of money and you have those yeah. skill players there. Um, there's no more excuses. Um, not that there were before. And Daniel Jones, yeah. I mean, sure, Giants pay him, but it, I still. From a non-hater standpoint, it's still a good deal for the Giants because they they have an out after two years. Yep. I think it's genius for teams to do that because he's had one good season, so it's kind of crazy to pay him an average value of forty million dollars a year. But yeah, hundred percent. It's kind of what the market's dictating, so uh, they chose not to accept his fifth-year option because he was sucking up until last year. Um, so good for him. He proved them wrong. They had a good season. We'll see if it's consistent, if he can continue it. And if not, they're done with him after two years. Yeah. I mean, and they have a late pick because obviously they made the playoffs and, and won around. So they have a, a later first-round pick too. So this wouldn't be the year for them to replace him either. So yeah. if he sucks, then you draft early again. If he does well, then great. You you hit on the quarterback. It just took longer than they thought. So anyway. Yeah. I think even, I think even with Derek Carr, they play in a dome. I mean, it's, it's pretty nice yeah. to, you know, be a little bit older and not have to worry about the elements and the weather. Um, and I know he had a nice setup, you know, in Vegas, but even before yeah. that, like in Oakland, it was, it was a shitty field. So you want him to, to kind of have a good fit there and, and set up for success. Yeah. I'm, Again, he's got no excuses. Every other team is not in good shape. The Panthers need a quarterback. If they go rookie quarterback, if Derek Carr can't beat out a rookie quarterback to win the division, then, I mean, this would be it for him, I would think. So, anyway. Yeah, fam, I would say my word association association would be prove it for all these people. Yeah, makes sense. These all seem like prove it deals. But, anyway, let's move on to... Uh, the NHL trade deadline in NHL. Uh, but hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Uh, 
I know you number one podcast listeners know this is your number one source for hockey news. <laughs> what it do, baby? We are all about it, and you hear a lot about from us. But you know, I don't want to embarrass anyone with my hockey knowledge. So let's turn it over to you, Vish, to cover that NHL trade deadline. Anything worth noting? So take it away. Yeah, uh, usually I'd have like a whole thing planned out and all of that, but in full sincerity, um, I didn't follow it as much. I mean, Patrick Kane was the most notable player, and I think a lot of people, even if you don't watch hockey or follow it, you know about Patrick Kane. So he kind of went to the Rangers on a very favorable deal to the Rangers. Like it didn't cost that much, which was very surprising, I think, across the league for that caliber of a player. But all in all, I didn't follow it as much because the Jackets just – Early on in the season, caught the injury bug and just still haven't recovered. And um, so it's been a really down year, especially after they got Johnny Gaudreau or Johnny Hockey um, in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played pretty well, but just hasn't had that consistency throughout. So for the rest of development fans, uh, you can just imagine me walking around, watching the jackets in this Charlie Brown music, just moping uh, and then following when when they collapse like they did a couple of days ago uh, against the Penguins. Sounds about right, but in summary, go Jackets, go Hockey. Still root for that, man. All right, you number one podcast listeners, we are on to your favorite section, my favorite section, not my blood pressure's favorite section. You played yourself, so let's go hit that intro, baby. I'm petty as hell. And I'm super petty. Here we petty. Petty Le Pew. Go. All right, you number one podcast listeners, first up on You Played Yourself, Tony Davis. Actually... Is he back to being Anthony Davis? Oh, shit. You know, I don't want to say last episode you played yourself was responsible, but I also don't want to not say it. So, from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Um, you know, maybe you played yourself to me, but let's see. I mean, he still did pass his injury to LeBron, so, you know, can't always have nice <laughs> things with him. But he's been balling out for the Lakers, putting up huge numbers, yeah. but... Um, we'll see how long that's sustainable. Yeah, I think that's uh, – he probably listened um, – he wasn't listening to Shaq or anyone on TNT. I think the number one podcast no, was certainly not. in his headphones. Nick Tone was like, you know, I got to get back to myself. I don't like the the name Tony. Uh, it's, it's a little different. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's – We'll see. Uh, you know, he's had some really great games. He, he had it in the beginning of the year, but that's it. It's it's when uh, that hammer drops. And we thought, you know, I think yesterday's game, I saw that he had a pretty bad laceration. And, yeah, that was a legit injury. Yeah. Like, that was a fluke and all of that. But, yeah. you know, anytime he goes down, uh, it's just really scary. Like, is he going to get back up? Uh, I mean, yeah. it's it stinks. But hopefully he can continue what he's it's doing. Really- it's really anytime he does anything because you never know. He could, you know, twist his ankle coming off the bus, like we've said before. You never know. I mean, he's twisted his ankle in midair. I don't think anybody's ever done that. He's got to lead the NBA all time list for midair injuries. That's got to be Tony Davis, top of the list. I mean, I don't know. Haven't seen yeah. any of those. So he's I think he be also, he. He does hold a big record in the NBA for most jammed fingers. And oh, right, this yeah. is, it's a big deal. So anytime like his hands touch the ball the wrong way, it is very painful for him. And even like, you can't even compare to what some offensive linemen in the NFL have done. So it's really a big deal with Anthony Davis. So I really just hope that he can take care of his hands and his fingers yeah. moving forward. I'll do respect though. All due respect. respect. <laughs> Next up. So 
Dylan Brooks of the Memphis Grizzlies, um, by now everybody knows him, said the following about Draymond, the Wote Green, obviously another you played yourself first ballot Hall of Famer on here. We call him the Wote for a reason. He said the following, quote, I don't like Draymond at all. I just don't like Golden State. I don't like anything anything to do with them. Draymond talks a lot, gets away with a lot too, end quote. Okay, Dylan, go off then. No disagreements here. He continued, quote, his game is cool with Golden State, but if you put him anywhere else, you're not going to know who Draymond is. He plays with heart, plays hard, knows the ins and outs of their defense. I guess that's why they like him over there, end quote. Dylan is out here with the no disrespect, though. You know, all due respect, adding the <laughs> last say, little it's like, backhanded compliment. So, do um, yeah, I mean, yeah, respect to that strategy, but... <laughs> In honor of you, my big brother, this one's actually a zag. And this is a you played yourself to Dylan Brooks. Wow, I like it. All right, let's hear it. Do you know how hard it is for you to say something that makes me side with Draymond Green? (laughs) Congratulations, you played yourself. I mean, let's talk about the Grizzlies, by the way, who also could just be on you played yourself by themselves. But Dylan Brooks is the figurehead behind it um, because he's turned into this, like, fucking dirty ass player and he had his own home crowd boo him anyway have you ever seen a team go from everyone's favorite like their cinderella you know darling Mm -hmm. young team that did amazing finish at the top of the western conference last year have you ever seen a team go from everyone's favorite to the most hated in such a short amount of time i mean you have dylan brooks and then you have john morant saying that they were quote fine in the west when asked about it like he was just saying his biggest challenge at the time was i think he said the celtics um or whatever eastern conference and he said he was fine in the west only to be worse off than last year and have the west be even more loaded um this is even aside from the recent reports for, uh regarding john morant which clearly requires some help that i think he's seemingly getting so we're Keeping that sure. aside, this is strictly basketball and comments related to basketball. We're keeping it here. Um, but the Grizzlies talk like they're a dynasty. I think they've used that word actually before, but they haven't done shit. I think there's also like a fine line between confidence and like, hey, we are the best team type of thing. But then continually saying yeah. it and then saying like, oh, there's a chip on their shoulder, not ours. And you're like, well, yeah, you haven't done anything. So you, you can talk shit and you can do all these types of things but not to the extent that they've got and i think that's i think that's where it you know they've crossed this fence or this line or whatever and they've gone way past it and you're like yeah you can be a confident team and be still really likable um but they just like you said it's it's weird it's funny they found it last year and yet they just undo it all this year Mm -hmm. but i'm not gonna sit here and list green's accolades he's still the woke but my goodness why on earth as dylan brooks would you be talking about someone that suns you in every way on his resume like championships gold medals like all this stuff draymond's won like defensive player of the year before and you as dylan brooks are picking a fight with him like what on earth makes you want to do that besides absolute stupidity? So you played yourself, and I feel disgusted with this, but how on earth as Dylan Brooks do you get me defending Draymond Green? I just feel fucking disgusting doing it. Obviously, Draymond couldn't stay silent. You know, he, he's not one to take the high road. So he's since responded, and 
just like his resume compared to Dylan Brooks has absolutely owned him. He said the following, quote, If you ever wondered why the Memphis Grizzlies is not ready to compete for a championship, look no further than this idiot right here. Obviously talking about Brooks. They're actually depending on this guy to win a championship. The dynasty starts after you, not with you. That's just a fact. I know dynasty-like players, and they aren't clowns, end quote. I mean, my God, this dude has a family, but um, you poked the wrong person. Yeah, jeez. Um, shouldn't have been talking shit. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, you played yourself, Dylan Brooks, and the Memphis Grizzlies. My goodness, like actually have some accolades before you start talking shit. Yep, for sure. Next up on you played yourself is me. You know, two episodes in a row, I've put myself on here, um, but this is specifically related to Prem Brulee episode one hundred nine, the one you heard last week. You know, in my prep to cover me sucking in February. I forgot to cover the biggest thing, which you pointed out um, after listening to last last episode, Vish. I listened twice and through that is just the, to make sure I didn't miss it. You know, I appreciate the 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 play. I should have you know? what that's I should have of, done. That's is, the type of energy everybody should be on. What I should have done, though, and this is what everyone should do, is if you think something is missed, we're going to call ourselves out. We're a family. Yeah. It's not just you, right? So you're about to do what you're going to do, but. You know, I should have, yeah. uh, you know, said I re-downloaded it, right, and then played it over again. And that's that's Amen. that's the type of energy that we want to see, and that's the number type of energy that we want to see in the number one podcast in your headphones. So, Amen, Amen. Okay, so what we missed was LeBron breaking the NBA's all-time scoring record on February seventh. He passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's thirty-eight thousand three hundred eighty-seven career points on a step back. Signature fadeaway against the Thunder. Obviously, he's 38,388 and counting. And in case you're wondering, he's up to uh, 38,450, despite his now injured foot slash ankle. So this is you played yourself to me, but also a preemptive you played yourself to the MJ GOAT crowd. You already know this where this podcast aligns. If you still don't have LeBron as your GOAT, you're wild. Respectfully, though. Um, he is the absolute GOAT. Uh this is a record nobody ever thought would be touched and yep. LeBron's longevity in itself is absolutely incredible. And um, it's convenient. I think MJ defenders tend to just ignore his years on the wizards, which is kind of baffling to me. Cause it's like he got a free pass to suck play. <laughs> yeah. To suck. Um, LeBron is doing it at age 38 and still, incredibly he's still one of the stars of the game his game has not declined at all yeah he has the accolades behind it and the only thing mj defenders talk about is his finals record but that doesn't fucking matter because there's more at stake here and he has the points to prove it he's been the youngest to every major milestone in points um and now he's nba's all-time leading scorer there's absolutely no question he is the goat and I think the only blemish is what I addressed last episode that he never did a slam dunk contest. That's it. Yeah. Well, I think that's, um, it just speaks to, like you just said, longevity and also one of those rare situations. And we've talked about it. We're a pro LeBron, you know, family yeah. pro LeBron podcast. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably pro LeBron as well. Um, Cause of all the love we give them. And to be I honest, how you can be anti LeBron is the point though. Yeah, it's and it's and it's ridiculous. Like you can still appreciate Jordan, you can still appreciate Kareem who 
certainly doesn't get his fair share of the rat. Like, I mean, put up that many points in the era that he did it in and the type of situations that he did it in as well. Um, and he was four years in college, like right at UCLA. So, um, not to take anything away from LeBron, because I think you put in LeBron's playoff finals, all of that. I mean, you're, you're talking really about an all time great. And I, I, and I think this is where, you know, listening to podcasts and I haven't read the book of basketball, by Bill Simmons, but he basically has a pyramid for that same reason. Like this is the top tier, like, don't yeah. rake them. You can if you want to. Um, you can have the goats and all of that, but you're just you're just pulling at strings, and it's just going to be about it's the the whole cliche of I we agree to disagree, but you know we all know that uh, LeBron's a goat. Full stop. Period. Yep. Um. Anyway, it was a cool moment. Obviously, Kareem was in attendance. It was in front of the home crowd. He put on quite a show. It was. It was cool to it was cool to witness. Everything's been cool to witness. This guy came in with the utmost hype, yep. and he has exceeded it. Um, it's it truly can't be stated enough. I mean, he was dubbed the chosen one before he even yeah. stepped foot in the NBA, and for him to be the NBA's all time leading scorer is like even in his own words, it's never something he even thought was attainable. So, um, just absolutely incredible. But yeah, you played yourself to us for missing the boat on that one um but glad we were able to get it. its due and thank you for reminding us of that so next up i i think this is my primary you played yourself for this week i try not to have favorites because everybody can come get some from here i'll do respect them <laughs> this you played yourself is to, related to um the nfl and the collusion that's clearly taking place related to lamar jackson um, so obviously the background is that the Baltimore Ravens placed a non-exclusive franchise tag for just over $32 million on Lamar Jackson. Uh, this was after the sides couldn't come to an agreement on a contract. Um, Lamar Jackson represents himself. That's, I think that's worth noting here. He uh, doesn't have an agent. Yeah. They tried to reach a deal but couldn't. Um, I, I haven't seen too much confirmed sources of how far apart they were, but clearly they were if they placed this non-exclusive franchise tag. This tag lets Lamar Jackson negotiate with another team, and it gives the Ravens a chance to match it, or they receive two first-round picks from the team that signs him in return. So essentially it's like a if you're an NBA fan, it's like being a restricted free agent, um, if you're familiar with that term. But yep. yeah, so it's not very popular. Most of the franchise tags you hear about are exclusive franchise tags, meaning – Hey, you're playing in this one, under this one year deal and you have to show up or you don't get paid. Right. With that background, the problem is that teams that all make sense for him to go to have made public statements being out on signing him. Um, the Panthers, Falcons, I've heard conflicting reports whether the Raiders are publicly out, um, the Commanders, and the Dolphins. Some of these teams are teams that went after Deshaun Watson, who is in the midst of legal trouble that's been well-documented uh, before he ended up in Cleveland. Um, meanwhile, Lamar Jackson is an MVP quarterback with no issues. He's, um, I think, won the division two out of his four years or so. He has um, uh, made the playoffs clearly, and he has balled out with no wide receiver weapons to speak of. Yeah. So... Uh, they clearly seem to be making a point point to not allow another contract like Watson, but um, it's very odd. Let's put it odd is a nice way to put it. Yep. 
it reeks. It's fishy. It's like from the lakes of collusion fishy that these teams are publicly saying they're out on an MVP quarterback. It's It makes no sense. He's young in the prime of his career and coming off a body of work that's been amazing for the Ravens. It absolutely makes no sense for teams not to sign him or at least talk to him. But this public, publicly out stuff smells and reeks of fishiness. And you're talking about teams that have traded for the likes of Carson Wentz. Like I said, one after Deshaun Watson were upset they didn't get someone like that on their team who's dealing with legal problems, ended up having a 11-game suspension. And Lamar Jackson's an issue. We're trying to make an example out of him. I absolutely fucking hate this, and I'm going to hate if he has to play on this um, franchise tag for less than he's worth, all because of another team giving a player a contract um, when the market's always dictated that. I hate this for Lamar Jackson. Um, There's some people saying they maybe it's teaching him a lesson for not having an agent, all this stuff. There's no lesson that needs to be taught except for if you play well, you deserve to get paid. Yep. Um, you know, I get it from the Ravens standpoint. They clearly couldn't make a deal, so they wanted the right to match a, match a contract. And if they thought a contract was too rich for their blood, they could get something in return where um, any other situation would have left him as a free agent and they get nothing for yeah. it. So I get it from the Ravens standpoint, but what I don't understand is why everyone is staying away from him and more so making public statements why they are. And there's a lot of people that agree, a lot of reporters, media folks, media personalities, former players. J.J. Watts chimed in, You know, people like uh, RG3, Ryan Clark on ESPN, all are up in arms rightfully about this situation, um, especially when you talk about some of the players that teams have traded for. Two first for Lamar Jackson seems like a very good deal. Um, yep. And he makes teams an instant contender. I'm thinking teams like the Panthers, who are a game away from winning their NFC South. We just talked about that division. Yep. You have signed Lamar Jackson. You now have the best quarterback in the league. If the Panthers added someone like that, Lamar's never played with a wide receiver as good as DJ Moore. They have a young defense. You immediately become division contenders and yep. probably the favorite. And that's just one example. I mean, all these lie. teams could use yep. Lamar Jackson. There's a lot of teams across the league that could use Lamar Jackson. So, um, you know, I hate this. And, you know, I hope Lamar Jackson gets paid. And if not, I I hope the Players Association, I think they will look into this because it feels very off. Yeah. So here's here's kind of like a different hypothetical because I agree with everything that you've said. It's just it's just odd to punish someone for not having an agent or – and then you see, you know, we talked about – Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, the beginning of this, uh, even Aaron Rodgers, who's past the prime of his career, actually only had like maybe one year of prime, if you really want to count it, that's not the regular season. Would you, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, swap Lamar Jackson for Dak Prescott? And it ha- it will cost you the first round picks, if that makes sense. I mean, I, I don't think Mike McCarthy would be able to use him well, uh, but... Yeah, I mean, he's. If you're asking me if he's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott, I mean, he has the accolades to prove it. So there's yeah. no, there's no debate there. Um, the one trade-off is that you have to change up your offense. Um, but it would be great to see Lamar and Tony Pollard. Yeah, I mean, and he's never had C.D. Lamb to throw to. I mean, hell yeah, I would take Lamar Jackson. There's not that many. There's not that many teams that wouldn't take him. I mean, and, I was going to say, I was like, the there's teams. it's everyone that's at the top. 
Yeah. It's not, I mean, and I'm not saying Lamar Jackson is like the top, top tier, but I mean, the teams at the top are, you know, the Chiefs don't take them. The Bills don't take them. Yeah. The Bengals don't take them. Maybe the Chargers. Like, yeah, I don't. And, and then like, I even think that the teams like the Texans, I mean, yeah. I mean, do you, do you change your potential offense around this or are you already kind of set to say, Hey, we have the draft capital that we need. You know, we can't expect the Browns to be, you know, top 15 next year type of thing. Um, and I mean, but I mean, that's, those are just like super hypotheticals, right? I mean, you're, and, and it, and it stinks because I really think that the Browns thought this was the only way to get Deshaun and that this is where contracts were going, but clearly yeah. it was not. And it's an anomaly. And I think the Browns are going to end up really holding the bag. Even if Watson delivers um, short yeah. of not, of not winning a Super Bowl, like paying that much money for any quarterback is seen. We just talked about yeah. like Aaron Rodgers's number at the top. And Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers has he's weird, he's quirky. We we don't like him. He's always on the you played yourself. Like we should just rename the segment, I think, to the Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. segment. And <laughs> still not up to par to Watson. I mean, it's insane. So I mean, I think it's it just kind of puts in perspective of what Cleveland did and what they had to do um to get Watson, but you know. Would they have been better off just signing Jimmy G uh, last year, and or you know, kind of having a a, a go between instead of dealing with this whole off season uh, saga and or off field saga, I should say. But I don't know. It's I just thought I'd throw that hypothetical to see if you would. I know you're lukewarm about Dak, anyways, but I mean, there's not too many quarterbacks that are available right now that have an MVP, like you said, and at the prime of their career that are available at a pretty reasonable number when you see it right i mean we've just never seen teams announce like they're out on someone like this it it's f- fucking off it feels off and i'm not even one of those people right anyway let's move on uh, you played yourself goes to uh the anthony richardson nfl combine hype train you know every year without fail the experts so-called experts fall in love with an athletic freak at the underwear olympics aka the nfl combine <laughs> Um, this year, Anthony Richard all of a sudden might be the first quarterback taken after crushing every drill. You mean, rightfully, good for him if he is. But um, I've said this time and time again. I talked about it last episode. You, they really just learned nothing from Zach Wilson and Trey Lance's small sample size. Anthony Richardson has you know glaring holes in, in his passing game. Obviously, he's an athletic freak, but there's a reason you didn't hear about Florida ever. And yes, that's not everything, but I it's amazing to me how much teams fall in love when there's guys running drills or he's throwing against no defenders when there are obvious choices right in front of you. I mean, you have a Heisman Trophy winner in Bryce Young, who's responsible for most of Alabama's success, yep. and CJ Stroud who's pro ready. I mean, yes, Anthony Richardson's going to go in the first round, but this hype train is something else. Um, yeah, it's outrageous. Number one and podcast so, listeners, you're already on notice. It's a team's going to reach it for happens him. every year. Yeah, yep. And I think when Thomas comes yeah. on for that draft preview coming up in a, probably a month or so, like I think it's going to be yeah. quite interesting to see where he has slated because you know, I mean, 
you can never anticipate trades, but if someone falls in love with that and can actually take Anthony Richardson, he's not starter ready this year, but you know, you are yeah. now spending a first on this individual to sit behind and you got to have a, a good situation if, um, if you are taking him, um, if that makes sense. So, all right, I got someone for uh, you played yourself. Uh, it's kind of starting to hit. Yeah, we're just getting ready yeah, it's starting to really hit some of the media. And when I say media, I don't like really watch first take or anything like that. I do listen to podcasts a little bit because I think they they say much with some sources behind it, so that you know they're not going to put it out there in the in the sphere. Obviously, you can edit a podcast and take stuff out if you said something that is completely wrong, but for the most part, you start to see this consistency. But uh, a preemptive you played yourself or you are playing yourself to Adam Silver. You and Roche talked about this in uh, the last episode around the All-Star game. Like That whole weekend was just a dud. Uh, But really, where the hell is this guy, right? there? He kind of showed up a little bit during the All-Star game. And we know that he's no David Stern. There's not going to ever be a David Stern, uh, a commissioner like him, where he was ruthless. Uh, he kind of wanted his ways, but he grew the brand so much. Adam Silver, after the Donald Sterling situation, which was a home run, I mean, I should say slam dunk, because that's a better pun. That's a better dad joke there. <laughs> it's There's so many glaring issues that are going on. I'll list them really quickly. We can go down this gigantic rabbit hole if we needed to on each topic. Load management, we've heard it. We've seen it. It's annoying. We even saw it like as soon as LeBron was out, there was a back-to-back the Lakers had, and Anthony Davis was basically for the back-to-back. You're like, you got to win these games. What are we doing? And beyond just that part of it, and old players have been outspoken about this. Even fans who go see a game or want to rely on a superstar to play. And, you know, they're not spending their life savings certainly, but they're spending an entire evening. It is expensive. You know, we're both dads now. So we know like, hey, eating out and going to places is is a very deliberate task, right? So load management, like nothing is being done. Something has to be done. Do you want to actually Kawhi Leonard, uh, who starts something you played yourself? I mean, he's barely played in any games. And when he does play, it's, he's great. But is he really great if he's not playing every game? I don't know. It's it's a weird dilemma. Um, and if it's so much because of the schedule, reduce the games. The product is going to sell better uh, if your players can play. If they get hurt, that's one thing. But... Sitting out for loge management is just a bunch of shit. Refereeing, I mean, there's just some blatant head scratching uh, that goes on sometimes. No calls or calls that happen that really make Tim Donahue like, we're, hey, come back. Come back to the NBA. Come referee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it is just like un, unreal. You, we kind of touched a little bit on Ja, ja Morant, um, and we didn't get quite into his situation. Uh, we mentioned that he does really need some level of help, but there's been no statement by the NBA. There's been no yeah. understand like, hey, there was a police investigation. The Grizzlies, even Ja said, hey, I need help. Like even put out a, a vague statement that says, yeah, we're going to be we're looking into this or something like that. You don't really have to be doing it, but put something fucking out there. And then 
even if you go back, and I hate going back to Kyrie Irving. Ooh. He's back. He's in Dallas now. He's not with the Nets. But that anti-Semitic statement back in October, yep. it took him multiple days for the league to respond to this, to be able to say, oh, hey, this is the wrong statement. Adam Silver is Jewish. Like, why is it taking so long? So it is a preemptive you played yourself. Like, the time is really ticking on, are you going to be a great peacetime commissioner? And are you going to be a really bad wartime commissioner? Um, Because that legacy that he set himself up, this player's advocate of a commissioner, which he certainly is, Great. But I mean, it takes so much push, even like All-Star Weekend or All-Star Week. It's stretched. I mean, it's a full week off because the All-Stars are in these events. Then they don't really get a break like the other way other people do. So I think it's it took a while for that to hit. But my God, it's I'm I'm getting very I'm being very more I'm being a lot more aware of how Adam Silver kind of reacts to different things and how quickly he does because he's the face of the league. Yeah. Um, I do think that uh, he's gone a little too far over um, acquiescing to players and yeah, loan management is going to be a major issue when that uh, new union deal comes about. So yeah, time will tell it's coming up, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and everything's been peaceful. NBA has been in the best situation for a long time, but uh, this is a real, real concern. Yeah. I mean, load management's crazy with, especially how much they're getting paid. But obviously we sound like old heads talking like that. Uh, leave that to the NBA. But um, anyway, a non sports related, you played yourself. I try to add in one of these yeah. in an episode. Um, this episode, uh, <laughs> like this. my non sports related, you played yourself is to commercials with doorbell sounds. Um, are y'all fucking kidding me? There's not one person on your marketing staff that has a dog. Like, and also the, the most egregious violators of this are when pet store or pet product companies do it. Like you guys must really be trying for us not to buy your product. Yeah. Under no circumstances do you need a freaking doorbell on your commercial. We get the point. Oops. It's almost like you have to mute the TV because I feel it too. Uh, I mean, yeah. is even though we, I don't think we've ever had a doorbell that actually has either worked or we now have a ring one. So like my dogs have really no indication, but still I fucking understand your point of these commercials. Yeah. The other part that I'll mention, and I don't know if it's like immediate rot- retirement or not, but sometimes like when I'm watching like a game or something, and I'm kind of like half dozing, half falling asleep. Here comes these like scary ass movies with these like oh, yeah. Annabelle and like yeah. ventriloquist yeah. dummies and like the you know that shit is the yeah. scariest to me. I can do any other yeah. type of horror. I don't mind it. You know, with the clown, any of that stuff. But when it comes to those dolls that come to life it is just it creeps me the fuck out and there's more and more of these movies now and then all of a sudden you're just like you just hear this creak and it it, i don't know it's it's a it's obnoxious i think to a certain extent for sure okay that wraps up you played yourself you number one podcast listeners hopefully we did you proud um but uh let's move on to who you got and what you feeling um this episode, I wanted to first cover the NCAA tournament that's 
quickly approaching. Um, so I wanted to give you a who you got. I three choices. Okay, you have University of Houston, go Cougs, Purdue, or the field. Who are you taking in the NCAA men's basketball tournament? Yeah. Oh, since the Buckeyes suck. Uh, I am going to do the go Cougs here, uh, right. you know, repping our our fam that are UH alumni. Yeah, and I, I and I can't take Purdue, uh, but this is truly just a homer yeah. pick. Um, and I think there's a lot of teams that I can actually win it this year. Uh, so you know, as we kind of go into this conference weekend, conference championships, and then really get into the tournament, like just based on how things. Yeah. Uh, shake out. I mean, there's a lot of teams that can actually make a huge run. Um, and I think the top teams are pretty vulnerable, especially like a Purdue, um, even certainly a Houston. You, you just don't know. But yeah, I'm going to go with the Cougs. I'm going to ride with them. What do you think? Yeah. Um, um, I'll be rooting for the Cougs for the fam. But given this, I feel like, you know, I tried to join a couple of bracket pools. I'm sure I'll have one where Houston wins it. But if you're giving me these odds, I got to go yep. with the field, that makes uh, sense. especially in a season that's so wide open. But, um, you know, the Cougs have been consistently near the top. Uh, Purdue has been. They've kind of shifted amongst the top five. Uh, so those have been the two most popular teams that have reached number one. So that's why I did this particular scenario. But, yeah, definitely a wide open tournament. Nothing's going to surprise me. Um, if you can predict it, especially this year, I mean, I don't believe you. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. Yeah. Heavy okay, alert. next up, I don't know how many of you these you've seen, but uh, the Oscars is coming up, so I wanted to see if you had a best picture pick. You seen any of them? There's ten movies. I'll run them through real quick for you, number one podcast listeners. Can you actually give like a synopsis one? of like what these movies are about? To I will not, um, because that'll take a while. <laughs> Um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Banshees of Inishirin, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Avatar, The Way of the Water, Elvis, All Quiet on the Western Front, Women Talking, and Triangle of Sadness. There are 10 movies in this category. Just a quick rundown. Most are available via streaming. You have to pay a little bit to rent them. The exception, I think I talked about this last episode, uh, Women Talking was a little bit difficult to find streaming. Um, a few of them are available if you have uh, some streaming services like yeah. Elvis is on HBO Max, Banshees of Inisherin is, um, everything everywhere all at once. I think you can get uh, on Showtime or Stars, one of the two. Yeah. All Quiet on the Western Fronts on Netflix. Um, obviously, Top Gun Maverick and Avatar are kind of blockbuster movies, so a lot of people have already seen them, especially based on the money they've earned. Quickly, uh, Fablemans is a Steven Spielberg movie. It's kind of loosely based on his own life, so that's getting a lot mm-hmm. of attention, obviously, because of the name recognition. So um, just a quick little few rundown, but... You got it. You've seen any of them, a? And do you have a pick for this? I've seen a. I've seen bits and pieces of a bunch. So I mean, the one that I really enjoyed. I don't think it's going to win. Uh, would be Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> so um, it's 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 a true blockbuster movie. But just I think that was a movie that Jack and I saw actually in the theater, um, and it was a really cool experience. Um, I'm sure some of these other ones would be as well. Um, but I think for the most part, not that type, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, this is not the type of, uh, this yeah. is not the year where I saw a majority of them or would want to really see a majority of them just based on kind of 
reading the the streaming options, I guess. So yeah. What about you? What do you? I mean, uh, I know you've you and Steph have watched all of them right now at this point. Yes. Yeah. We officially have. Um, I think we're gonna try to watch uh, the whale, which Brendan Fraser is getting a lot of. Um, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Not a best picture nominee, but he's nominated for best actor. But, yeah. Um, I think he's the favorite in that. Uh, but my favorite of this list, and it's the one I think is gonna win. It leads the odds if you're you know, degenerate and looking to get in on Oscars odds, uh, you're missing football or something. Uh, everything everywhere all at once is the one I think will and should win. Um, it was a great movie. I think, uh, anyone would appreciate it. It's a little bit more accessible. It doesn't feel as like artsy fartsy in your face. Gotcha. Um, so, um, that'd be the one if, you know, you know, one podcast listeners haven't seen any of them. That'd be the one I would recommend first. Um, and then my second favorite is the Banshees of Inisherin. But um, anyway, yeah, that's my pick for that. Uh, I really enjoyed a lot of these movies. Some of them kind of feel like things you've seen before type of stories. But gotcha. Um, is, anyway, is yeah, there a, is there a movie really that acting in a lot of them? Is there a movie that would be on this that you've seen that should have been on this list that wasn't? I guess. Um, I have a or like a snub. Kind of I guess. The way around, I, um, I don't really have a snub yet, but I don't think um, Elvis needed to be on here. I think uh, the main actor that played him should have should I, he is and should have been nominated um, for his portrayal of Elvis. That's, yeah, his name's Austin Butler. Right. Um, but I didn't particularly think the movie is worth it. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front was another one of those where it's like it's really cool. It's about World War One and shows a lot of the trench warfare. You feel like you're really in it. Um. But I feel like there have been other really good war movies, so I think it's probably going to get lost in there. Um, gotcha. And then The Fablemans was really good, but I think part of that is always going to be like Steven Spielberg getting a the little bit more attention than the usual. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have one. These help me see artsy films. I don't ordinarily seek them out until for I sure. hear about the nominations. So um, I don't really have a good answer for that. Uh well, I mean, even like if snubbed. you if you replaced Elvis like for a different, you know, I would say like I would high end movie like it kind of be another not super blockbuster like Top Gun or Avatar, but like kind of middle of the road where people would go to the theaters to see the, this. I think they got the blockbuster. I think they got the two blockbusters really right on this one. If you're going to include them, I do like that they're doing that because it always felt like this was kind of hoity toity. Like, yeah, you need. I think a good measuring stick is if a lot of people go see it, like it should be on there. Right. I mean, um, it, and it's a good movie, just like Top Gun and Avatar were. So, yep. Cool. Anyway, okay. Let's move on to what you feeling. I got a couple TV shows lately. Um, my wife and I just started, or well, we're through season one and on to season two of white Lotus. So cool. Nice. Um, I do, I do get the hype. It, it kind of, gets you reeled in um very good actors in each mm-hmm. of the two seasons and then um i loved and breezed through uh full swing on netflix uh i know they banked on the how well the f1 series went on netflix they did a tennis version and now a golf version um it was phenomenal i thought yeah. like all the golfers they were featured they got some big names in first season um they're already announced season two's on the way I thought the only boring guy was Scotty Scheffler. Everybody else they featured was great. They had some new people to the tour, some names you already know, like Spieth, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, and then you had some 
uh, new faces too. So I thought it was a great show and really enjoyed it. What about you? Yeah, I I agree. I watched Full Swing as well, and I almost really breezed through it. Didn't realize. I mean, it was a fairly. Oh, I think it was like yeah. eight episodes or something. So, but I mean, it, eight episodes. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I think they did a good job, and it was it was kind of odd uh, to be like, oh, here's they they kind of go through the golf terminology, which is really odd. But I I kind of take it to I'm sure like true F1 fans that watch Drive to Survive are like why are they describing this? This is like obvious stuff. So it kind of goes both ways. So I get it. They're trying to get a different type of audience, not just golf fans to watch full swing, but I think they're, they kind of found their niche for that. So I love full swing. And, you know, one of the other things that actually started, that's not really a show uh, was formula one. The first race was this past weekend. Drive to survive really got me hooked on it. So really the last three years I've kind of watched it for the last two and a half years, really, I just watched it live. Wow. Um, and it's it's a lot of fun because you know who the players are, you know the um, the drama behind this, and then you kind of know some of the tracks that are consistent. So it is fun to watch those races, as weird as it sounds. I never thought I would be saying this, but you know, I can't watch NASCAR. I can't watch any of the other racing areas, but hey, that's what it is. Um, and then Last of Us has also been a great show that Jack and I are watching. So I think there's one more episode left in the season uh, that's coming up. So, and then, and it's right in time for succession to begin its last, this fourth and final season. So I'm glad they actually, um, it sucks that the show's going away, but I'm glad they actually have, Hey, this is the last one. We're not going to kind of go on and, and keep stringing this along just for the sake of clicks and views and viewers or whatever that is that, Hey, this is going to be one of those shows that goes down that start to finish. You can really say it's a, it's a consistent show. So, yep. I'm I'm pumped for that. So yeah, I'm pumped for Succession. I think a lot of shows are these are the final season. I think it was just announced that the upcoming Ted Lasso season. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Well, yeah, uh, which is kind of a bummer because I love that show. I think it's um, fantastic. And then a uh, show I watch. I think I've mentioned it before. Is Mayans MC? It's the Sons of Anarchy spinoff that is going to be entering its final season as well. How many seasons of that um, have there been? It's been a while, right? Um, I think this will be. F- Four or five. I think okay. this would be five. Um, and it's really hit its stride in the last couple seasons. It's been um, really good, I thought. The first season was a little slow, but um, gotcha. since then have been really good. Yeah, I think I tried to watch um, the first so, season, then it kind of just fell off, and yeah. other shows kind of came across it. I guess during the pandemic, I could have restarted it, but yeah, here we are. <laughs> yeah, I agree with Last of Us. I'm way behind on that, so I'm going to have to watch a few of those um We've been prioritizing those Oscar nominees, so I've kind of yep. felt behind on some of them. But it, um, it gets excited to. I think those that have seen or at least heard of Last of Us, I think the third episode with Nick Offerman in it was a really good one. That was fantastic. Um, yep. And the the latest one was actually a really good one. I mean, I think the first few episodes are very like zombie esque type shows yeah. but then it really you know the story starts to develop and and all of that so um yeah you'll be you'll be pleasantly surprised that it 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 does continue to um get better and better for sure i'm i'm pumped to catch up i'll have plenty to plenty to watch yeah. never leave myself episodes to binge like that because i'm a notorious can't wait person so um anyway you know how we like to wrap up each episode. You know, our own podcast listeners, it is time for Too Much Sense. 
Okay, this episode's too much sense is for people out there who need this reassurance. Just because you haven't heard from someone in a while doesn't mean that the love is gone. Um, Try to trust people in your life in the grace that they've earned through your relationships. Life happens, and for some people, communication isn't their strength when it does. So, um, you know, all relationships are give and take. Uh, Friendships, significant others, family, all that. If you haven't heard from someone... Maybe it's your time to do the giving. Reach out to them, and there'll be another time where they'll be able to reciprocate. But just because you haven't heard from someone doesn't mean they don't love you. Uh, Speaking as a new parent, it is tough to think of the times to reach out to people. Um, It's something I'm trying to fit in in between the day because you're trying to be present with your kid. Um, So that's where this perspective comes from. But you don't have to have a kid to have this perspective. Sometimes work gets in the way. Sometimes life gets in the way. Sometimes you just need your me time and um, don't feel very social. But um, that doesn't mean that person doesn't love you. Uh, Maybe it's your time to reach out. And uh, if they still need longer, they'll probably respect you enough to tell you. And um, I think that person's truly special to you they've earned that grace not just a silent well screw them so anyway that's my too much sense for this week i like that yeah and that does it for another edition of the number one podcast in your headphones prem brulee i've been your host premo bot i've been joined by my co-host for this episode vish my big brother thanks for joining me big bro thanks for having me yes absolutely and you number one podcast listeners you know the drill like subscribe send a positive review tell a friend tell a friend to tell a friend you know i greatly appreciate recommendations and uh when those of you reach out and and tell me that you told someone to um start listening it means so much more than you could even imagine so i truly appreciate you number one podcast listeners i'll never get tired of saying it you know you're the reason why we self-proclaimed ourselves this number one podcast in your headphones it's because of people like you and we'll keep it that way. So appreciate you. And that does it for this episode. We will talk to you next time.